Hey guys, welcome back to the show where we talk about how to manage your emotions so you can go on and make the decisions you want to make. Is there an echo in here? I am getting over a head cold this week, so I try to keep the sniffling, the coughing, the congestion noises to a minimum, but it makes my voice sound more gravelly, therefore less wussy which I can take all the less wussy points I can get. I'm actually very masculine, dot, 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 for a therapist. And it's a good thing I'm getting better this week because it's Christmas, and Christmas is objectively the best time of the year. I hope you celebrate. I don't care. You don't have to be a Christian to celebrate Christmas. I mean, that's ridiculous. I just found out, actually, that, I mean, I know Indian Americans celebrate Christmas, usually, but I just, uh, I know a guy who lives in India, and he says... Indians celebrate Christmas. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I don't care. Whatever reason you need to celebrate Christmas, do it. It doesn't matter. I don't, if, if you're just, if you're Jewish and you don't typically celebrate Christmas and you're just doing it because that's what everybody else does, great. I don't care. You don't need a good reason. If you're going through your serious militant atheist phase and you're celebrating Christmas to be ironic, great. We'll take it. If you think ever, everything is symbolic and you're just celebrating Christmas because of the symbolism and you're, you're just totally insufferable about talking about that, yeah, then great, do it. You know, I think it's, you know, ritual is important. I know we talk about that and holidays are a part of a ritual. You know, they're an expression of ritual. I think you need to take your ritual a little bit deeper and have it touch on your fundamental issue, whatever that is, but let's take it. So I'm really hard when I hear that people who I wouldn't expect to be, I mean, I know I just sound like a dumb American guy, I wouldn't expect to celebrate Christmas, so that is awesome. So we're talking about Christmas this week. I I made a tweet earlier uh, that said, health, psychological health, is when your need to give love is greater than your need to receive love. And I think that's what Christmas is ultimately about, which is why I'm talking about this. It's about love, or to put it in a less gay way, goodwill towards men. The cultivation of goodwill. You know, the best example I can give, and maybe because it's the most simple, is just when you're walking down the street and you just say hi to somebody. It's just acknowledgement. Hey, you're a dude, I'm a dude, and I think in that hi... That little head nod high, whatever, whatever, however you do it, there's, I see your humanity, you know, I know that you see my humanity. In a sense, we go through the same things. We have similar, not similar experiences maybe, but similar emotions. You know, the arc, the story that ties our experiences together, that's similar. And we just, there's an acknowledgement of that. So Christmas is taking that high you say to that random guy walking down the street and blowing it up into a big holiday, which is ultimately about love. And of course, that's why I think it's objectively the best holiday, regardless of your creed, because it, you know, it wasn't always about uh, Christianity. I mean, it's ultimately an American holiday. That's really what it is. But, you know, the celebration of the solstice, whatever, it goes back a long time. And now Christmas is our iteration of celebrating the solstice. And in 2000 years, it may be something else, and that's fine. If humanity got collective amnesia one day, like every we just forgot who we were, but you know we still had our brains, we would be 
celebrating the solstice within a couple years. There's no question about that. It's in us to do this. I know I'm probably getting off track. Okay. Um, so why is this? I mean, why is psychological health more? Why is that a good marker for psychological health? When you need to give love, when you need to offer goodwill towards your fellow man more than you need to receive it. Why? Why is this a marker of psychological health? Well, well, I think we'll get to that. First, I want to talk about the two problems with needing love. Not that there's a problem with needing love. That, that is a need that you have that is healthy. Of course, you need to express love, but also you need to receive it from somebody. And if you're not getting it from one person or another because you have different values or she has some kind of... Uh, borderline personality disorder, you know, whatever the case happens to be, and you're not receiving love that you think you deserve from somebody, then okay. You, you don't need love from any one particular person, but I think this is one of these things when you are able to cultivate that sense of love, receiving the love, and we'll talk about it here, is a natural outcrop of that, and not because of some mystical law of attraction thing like our feelings vibrate with other people's feelings. I, I don't think that's the reason and I but I and I but I, I do think the phenomenon is real uh, and it's important to understand the causal mechanism there because then when you don't you get your life ruined by the law of attraction and I've seen it countless times so there's two problems with needing love and, and we're going to get to all that there's two problems with needing love the first is that when people say they need to be loved uh, what they usually mean is they need validation I think oftentimes when we don't learn how to validate ourselves emotionally, when we don't learn how to validate our existence through a healthy communication of who we are with other people, when we don't learn that, nature pours a vacuum. And if we can't cultivate our own validation, we need to receive it from other people. And, and a lot of us, we go around... And, I mean, this is typically what you see. You know, it's, it's an important stage of development, but we just, sometimes we just don't grow out of it. This is what you see with, you know, teenage relationships, like your first girlfriend when you were maybe 15 or 16, and it was just like you globbed onto each other. It was codependent, and of course it was unhealthy, but you need to go through that to see how unhealthy that can be. And, and that's just because at that time in your life, you're 15 or 16, you, you can't really validate yourself. I mean... You can to some degree, but pr probably not to the extent that you need to in order to develop a healthy long-term relationship with somebody. So we receive that validation from somebody else, and we, we, we conflate that in our mind with love. That's how love feels. And it's maybe a healthy stage to go through, but we got to work our, our way out of that, not by going around saying, okay, I'm not going to get validation from anybody. I don't care what anybody thinks. It's, no, that's the symptom. That's the result. The cause is I need to communicate who I am with other people in a healthy way. And in order to do that, I need to figure out, I need to become aware of what's going on with me, right? I need to understand what my fundamental issue is. So that's the one problem people say they need love is usually... 95% of the time, that they're people. I, I just need somebody to validate me. The other problem with needing love is that um, because it's ultimately an effect. It's nice, and I do think it is a need. And it is a healthy need to have in a certain context when you're using it as... If it's something that you expect as a result of you cultivating love within yourself. 
but if we are beings who have free will, and I talk about this in my book and a bunch of other you know videos here, so I'm not going to go into it completely now. But if we are beings who have free will, and to some degree, and so we are responsible for our emotions to some degree, meaning that to whatever degree you're responsible for your emotion now, you can become more responsible. I don't know what the upper limit is. There is no upper limit on these things, like on, on psychological growth. There's no upper limit on individuation, as as Jung talks about. It's not like this point you get to and you go, "Oh, I'm individuated." No, it's it's more about engagement in a process. So yeah, um, where was I? So if you are ultimately responsible for your emotions, then when it comes to any emotion, in this context, love or goodwill towards men. Uh, before you see it on the outside, you know, but, but before you can really cultivate it in relationships, let's say, or receive it from somebody else in a healthy way, by dint of what you are as a human, not who you are, by, but by dint of what you are metaphysically as a human, you need to verse cultivate love on the inside. And I know you've heard this before because if you've got into my irrelevant videos here on the internet, you've probably already come across a lot of videos that talk about the law of attraction. And um, I, I, I think this is just one instance. That, I know I've, I've discussed this before, but this is just a good instance to talk about it because um, on the surface, the law of attraction is true. So in the case of love, if you want love, you need to give love or you need to cultivate a sense of love but it's not some magical process um, and I've seen a lot of lives ruined as I mentioned earlier I've, I've just seen a lot of lives ruined from you know people who come to me and say I've uh, read these um, Dale Carnegie or you know did these think and grow rich kind of books I've, I've read it a hundred times and I just get worse and worse and worse what's going on uh, and the issue there is that it's not just about feeling a certain kind of love or putting yourself in a state where you feel love. I mean, the actual mechanism behind the law of attraction is you don't make yourself feel love. You put yourself, first you, you got to understand how you work. And so you work on yourself until you get to a place from which you are just naturally more likely to radiate love to put it as lamely as possible when you're walking down the street and this guy's walking uh, by you and in the other direction you're much more likely to say hey what's up I want to get you to that place but it's not this place that you can just fabricate you need to understand really how emotions work and, and where they come from and because I would argue and you know I've got a uh, just search on YouTube. I, I got a presentation on values and therapy. I think that's the name of it. And because I think these values are objective based on what we are, based on how humans need to interact in order to live a good life, like based on our nature. Like you look at a gorilla, right? You, okay, a gorilla has a certain nature, and because of the gorilla's nature, it needs to act in this way to have a good life for that gorilla. Now, it's not how humans need to act because we have a different nature than the gorilla. Maybe not too different, but different enough. 
different in very key ways, I would say. Free will being one example. Um, so virtues are objective, right? So when you can engage with your emotions in a certain way and turn that darkest part in you, that darkest part within you into something that we can call love, something that a, a holiday like Christmas explicates, and it will continue to explicate no matter what the iteration of the holiday is, as long as there's a solstice. That's a virtue. That is objectively a virtue. And what is the basis of love? What does Aristotle say is the basis of love? Love is a response to virtue. So when you're able to really, you know, look at what's going on with you and say, how, how do I in a, love myself? How do I validate myself? Uh, you are becoming more virtuous. And people respond to that virtue. And one way they do that is by loving you. By giving you genuine love. There's nothing mystical about this. It's, yeah, this is just how things naturally respond. And if, if you don't like using love, then confidence. Same thing with confidence. How do you create confidence? Well, do you get it from somebody else by telling by them telling you how great you are? I mean, that happens to me all the time, and it doesn't make me more confident. But no, that's of course that's not going to happen. Do you get more confident by making more money? Uh, I, I would say money can make you feel good, and you feel more confident in the short term. But no, psychologically, more money cannot make you more confident. If you think that's confidence, you know, this is where I got to come in. And my part of my job is to say, I know that feels like confidence, but maybe it's not. Like a lot of guys feel confident when they're quote unquote spinning plates or they're dating different girls. So if you're already dating two or three girls, well, now you have more confidence if you're talking to a fourth girl. Maybe that feels like confidence, but that's not confidence. You manage your emotions. You manage certain parts of the darkest parts of you in a certain way to feel a genuine confidence that is a virtue people who see that as a virtue they respond to that with love and they see that as a virtue because that's what they do themselves are you attracting confidence are you vibrating molecules going out and you know bringing confidence back to you i don't know if if you want to think about it that way if that helps you to think about it that way i, I would say you know, philosophically, I have an issue with it, but psychologically, I guess I don't. I just, I've just seen too many people really think that and really live their lives like that. And they read Dale Carnegie or Napoleon Hill 50 times. And yeah, because you're just like imagining vibrations out in the world. That's not, you know, that's, that's not going to get you where you want. I mean, I'm just kind of dumbfounded by it. Okay, this is going too long. Um, so that's how this works, right? There's a natural process too that there's actually two steps in there in, in the law of attraction. And I think it's explicated by what I mean by this statement. Psychological health is when your need to give love is greater than your need to receive love. And that's why Christmas, psychologically the healthiest holiday, is about your uh, need to give love rather than your need to receive love. I mean, because it's part of that progression of holidays, you know, the holiday season. Halloween, because you can't have goodwill towards men, right? And it's more about the virtue. I'm going long, I don't care. 
it's it's more about the virtue, right? It's because you can't have Christmas without you can't have goodwill towards men, and so Christmas without an ability to have fun and be productive. Have fun in the face of fear and be productive, because those are two virtues. I would argue. I'm not going to get into it here. I have presentations on this channel, search value and therapies. Those are two virtues, and with those two virtues, then goodwill towards men is natural. The holiday that's about fun or being having fun in the face of fear is, of course, Halloween, and then Thanksgiving is about productivity. You have those two things. You don't need to read a how to radiate love book. It's just gonna happen. You, you know, you, you just gonna, when you walk down the street, you're gonna say what's up to that guy. So. Yeah, that's what psychological health is about. It's about getting to the place when you you already feel what you think you need on the outside. We got to get you to that place, right? Well, there's a way that emotions work. And because there's a way that emotions work, there's a way that we talk through emotions. Uh, now, you probably hear, uh-oh, emotions, expressing emotions. I'm going to look weak. I'm going to cry. I'm going to look like some pussy dipshit. And you will if you don't know how to express emotions in the right way. I mean, it's like if I was talking about music or, or tones or musical notes. And your initial reaction is like, uh-oh, music, tones, musical notes, that's going to sound like a cacophony. It's, you know, it's going to sound like you're dumping utensils down a wooden staircase. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it will sound like that if you don't know anything about music, if you don't, if you don't know musical theory. But if you understand that there's this thing called melody, well, unless you play jazz, that's a whole other rant. But if you understand, uh, if there's this thing called jealousy, or why did I say jealousy? Melody, jeez. If there's a thing called, analyze that slip, will you? If there's a thing called melody where, um, yeah, I mean, Music can sound really harsh to the ear, but you can play it in a certain way and have a certain rhythm to it, and it sounds mellifluous. I mean, it, it's just enjoyable, and it's in us, you know. I have this daughter who just, you don't, you don't have to teach kids to dance to music. I mean, it's, it's in us, right? Now, if I played her, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try playing her jazz. I don't think I've done that because I'm not concerned about it. By the way, my experiment with my daughter worked. Um, and my experiment was I'm going to play her as strange as often as I can in the first year, six months of her life to see if she likes it later. And she does. In fact, she likes it. She likes it very quickly. Um, the first couple seconds, like I me, mean, as soon as she recognizes what the sound is, I, I brainwash her. That's awesome. She, you know, so she's set, right? She likes it strange. She's going to have a great life. She doesn't like other songs that maybe sound similar, like Love Song by Tesla, which I also think is a great song. She doesn't like that. So that's. That's cool. Um, experiment. Kind of. I actually, and I'm, I'm kind of worried because now <laughs> I think I damaged her in some way. It, it worked better than I thought it was going to work. Um, you know, she can deal with that with her therapist when, when she gets older. But yeah, you know, there, there's a melody. Then there's a melody to music. Um, it's not one melody. There, there's not one rhythm. There's not a one uh, beat. But... There's several, right? And there's a pattern. And, and that's how emotions are, right? There's just, if, if you can't express it, whenever you try to express emotions and people abandon you, well, maybe those aren't the healthiest people, but also maybe you just don't know the melody. 
And when we want to teach you that here at Animus, uh, nobody else, I mean, nobody else does this. No other therapist does this. You can't Google this. We do free consultations. Uh, AnimusEmpire.com slash schedule. Um, if you have questions, Animus at AnimusEmpire.com. Um, there's a bunch of resources on the site. Of course, you can infer what that site is. Uh, thank you guys, and I wish you a Merry Christmas, and I also wish you um, the, the expression of love and goodwill that a Merry Christmas entails.